Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Last month, the Lown Institute published a ranking of which hospitals deliver the greatest amount of low-value care. On today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, we talked to the president of the nonpartisan think tank, Dr. Vikas Sani, about the methodology used in constructing the measure. It's Monday, June 21st, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. In May, the Lown Institute, a nonpartisan think tank in Brookline, Massachusetts, put out a report ranking 3,100 hospitals based on how many unnecessary tests and procedures they did. With all the attention on waste in the healthcare system, the report made a splash in the press. With stats like more than 90% of hospitals are overusing hysterectomies for patients without cancer, placement of coronary stents for stable heart disease, and diagnostic tests like head imaging for fainting. And the hospitals that were best at avoiding overused procedures weren't all the academic powerhouses that often grace the top of the U.S. News and World Report Best Hospital Rankings. One of the hospitals Alone Institute found did the best at avoiding unnecessary care was the 25-bed critical access hospital in western Kansas, the Scott County Hospital. GIST Healthcare Daily reported on the index, which used Medicare claims data from 2016 to 2018. And I wanted to learn more about how the Lown Institute did the rankings. So I called up Dr. Vikas Sani, a cardiologist and president of the Institute, which was founded by cardiologist and creator of the modern defibrillator, Dr. Bernard Lown. He also co-founded the group, the International Physicians for the Prevention of Nuclear War, which earned him the Nobel Peace Prize in 1985. Dr. Sani trained with Dr. Lowne, who died earlier this year at age 99. If there was a moral compass, you know, in the vicinity, that, you know, it was Bernard Lowne. What I learned when I came to train with him was something I hadn't really understood or expected, which was he defined a pattern of care that uh, was exemplified by the motto, do as much as possible for the patient and as little as possible to the patient. And so that's part of the DNA that led us to think about issues of overuse, issues of appropriateness, and why those are key elements in our hospitals index. Sani says the Institute set out to evaluate hospitals in a more holistic way, not just on how well they performed complicated surgeries or other procedures. And the Institute released its first hospital index in the summer of 2020. It ranked hospitals on three factors, equity, value of care, and patient outcomes. 
In the months since then, the Institute has been doing deeper dives and releasing reports digging into each of the measures, which leads me back to the report in May about overuse, defined as a healthcare service that's provided under circumstances where the potential for harm exceeds possible benefit. Sani says the Institute chose 12 services that studies have considered low value or overused, like arthroscopy for knee arthritis or a procedure called vertebroplasty, where cement is injected into the vertebrae of patients with spinal fractures caused by osteoporosis. We picked services for which there is not that much debate. Um, And so there are gray zones, but there's also black and white zones. The vast majority of what constitutes overuse in the healthcare system is probably in the gray zone. So we're simply using these 12 more as sentinels, as as just signals of an underlying problem. It's not by any means that if hospitals got rid of all the overuse for these 12, we'd be done. It's more it's representative of the problem. It helps shine a spotlight on it, helps raise awareness, and hopefully uh, create the incentives to implement changes to improve and and reduce overuse. Sani says this ranking isn't necessarily intended as a tool for patients to choose where to get care. Rather, ranking hospitals this way is intended to reframe some of the discussions in the media and among providers and in policy circles. So I asked Sani what kind of reaction the reports have gotten. It's been mixed. Again, we've heard from a number of hospitals that, you know, want to understand the methodology, want to replicate it for their own hospitals, which I applaud. I think that's really, you know, part of what we hoped would be an outcome of our work. Uh, We've, you know, been invited to give, you know, rounds and review the data at at some academic centers. So that's also something that, uh, you know, from our point of view is an outcome we wanted. Um, You know, there are some, uh, you know, probably areas where there'd be reasonable debate. Uh, For example, is every single claim of every single one of our counts, you know, absolutely clearly contraindicated or a low value service? And I, I can't say that with a straight face because, you know, any clinician, you know, I practiced for 30 or 40 years. Any clinician knows that in the instance of taking care of a patient, you know, there are circumstances when despite everything, all the evidence, everything, it may make sense. So we don't claim that, you know, every single number there, every single count is accurate or reflects that truth. But we do think that as a whole and statistically, as the numbers grow, uh, you know, when not one case, but five cases or 10 cases or 100 cases or 1,000 cases, when you get to those levels, some of the trends that we see are quite valid. And I think, you know, the paper we published in JAMA reported at the very highest macro level some of the trends, which were that, you know, uh, there tended to be more low-value care in the South. There tended to be more in non-teaching hospitals. And for certain kinds of low-value care, that tended to be more in for-profit institutions. Of course, issues of overuse and waste in healthcare are incredibly nuanced. So I asked Sani what the Lowen Institute's goals are by publishing these rankings. There's no one villain here. There's really no one solution or one button you can push. 
But when you have a problem of this scope and when you have a problem of affordability in the country and coverage in the country, it's really everybody's problem. It's a collective problem. And therefore, it really requires a lot of stakeholder interest and cooperation to tackle it. So if we were going to change the payment methods and if we were going to change kind of norms and, and, and peer pressure and have the data to support all those things, uh, everybody needs to be on board and supportive of that. Uh, and so in a sense, that would be our greatest wish that we can create the kind of movement that's necessary to be transformative in this dimension, as well as many others that would make American healthcare the best in the world. Since the Lown Institute evaluated hospitals on how well they avoided doing unnecessary care based on 12 procedures, I wanted to dig into the history behind one of them, where there's been considerable debate. Vertebroplasty for patients with spinal fractures caused by osteoporosis, where a special cement is injected into a fractured spine to relieve pain. The procedure, which was done in France in the 1980s, made its way over to the U.S. in the 90s. Since then, multiple studies, including randomized controlled trials in the U.S. and Australia, have found this procedure didn't have a net benefit for patients. One of the authors of one of the original randomized controlled trials published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2009 is neuroradiologist Dr. Jeffrey Jarvik at the University of Washington. He says years later, the neuroradiology community is still split on the benefits of the procedure. They're a group of practitioners and scientists um, who are, uh, let's call them skeptics uh, about the procedure, um, who look at the scientific evidence look at the highest quality scientific evidence, which is from blinded randomized trials, and see most of those trials coming to the conclusion that there's very little, if any, benefit of these procedures for people with osteoporotic compression fractures. On the other end are uh, practitioners who do the procedures, and I should say they're patients uh, also uh, in that group. who look at the evidence and question uh, the conclusions that uh, uh, people come to based on that evidence and are more swayed by their clinical practice. Um, They are doing these procedures and they are seeing patients that they feel benefit strongly from these procedures. Um, And so it's hard to reconcile these, these two different attitudes that you have. So I asked Jarvik why, after several studies, he thought there hasn't been more of a change in practice. I think it's multifactorial. I, you know, I think that the people doing the procedure truly believe that it's helpful. And there are patients out there that truly believe that it's helpful. Um, you know, this despite evidence that seems to be to the contrary. Um, their financial pressures, you know, of course, uh, at the individual practice level, clinical perception, patient desire, finances, they all play a role. That was Dr. Jeffrey Jarvik, a neuroradiologist at the University of Washington, and Dr. Vakas Sani, the president of the Lown Institute in Brookline, Massachusetts. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. 
Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.